Hey, folks, welcome to Fans of Monsters Personal Reports. Uh, I'm going to narrate several reports that have come my way over the years and uh, then allow the chat room to ask questions after each report. So it, if you're new to Fans of Monsters Radio, uh, please subscribe, like our content, uh, and super chat donations are always appreciated and welcomed. Uh, so let's start off. Uh, by the way, if you, if you do have questions, please put them in caps and uh, I'll try to get to them. So, first of all, we had a Northeast Wisconsin family. Uh, it started to be harassed by a large canine cryptid. On two occasions, it, it was looked through the windows with its bright red eyes. Uh, and this, the, peop, the family soon moved after it bust through a window. So... Let's go through this. Uh, the report was, this was my first time going public about this encounter, out of fear of seeing it again. And that happens a lot with, with experiencers. Uh, it took place ro- roughly 14 years ago when I was a kid. My family moved out of the city and moved to a small town near Deerbrook, Wisconsin, situated in the outskirts of Antigo. Our house was surrounded by woods on three sides and a river and a field in the back. The first year out there was calm and relaxing, other than constant coyote howls every night. But every so often, there would be a different howl. It was deeper, much louder howl that would shake us to our core. At first, my parents would dismiss it as a wolf or just a bigger coyote, but something about it seemed off. So one night in mid-July... My brother, my sister, and I decided to pitch a tent in the back field along the tree line. Well, we just wanted to go camping. Uh, we sat, you know, with sticks roasting our marshmallows until it got dark. Then the typical howls started up. But once again, that deep howl was back, and it seemed like it was right in our ears. With how loud it was, it's it's hard to even guess where it was coming from. So we decided to put it outer fire and get in the tent so uh, later that night my sister fell asleep so my brother and i chatted and and made jokes Uh, within minutes we heard animals running around outside the tent and then this little raccoon started to claw on the side of the tent that i was sleeping on at first i kept poking at it but then we heard something else the crack of sticks from the trees now, at that point, my brother thought it was a bear and told us to be quiet and woke my sister up. We started to hear footsteps coming closer and closer. Uh, quick, they were right next to me. And the raccoon just bolted out of there, and we started to notice this strange odor coming from somewhere. It smelled like copper, sulfur, and wet dog. It was almost overpowering and made me actually want to th- feel like I th- wanted to throw up. Uh, then we hear our mom calling us, and she shined the flashlight in our direction. It revealed the most unsettling thing I've ever seen. The shadow of this thing was shining through the tent, and it was massive. It had pointed ears that were lifted back like a dog on the prowl, and its hands were human-looking with long fingers that ended in a point. The mouth was in the shape of a snout, like but just a little shorter, it had a mid-sized tail. My mom started screaming, and whatever the thing was bolted back into the woods. We rushed inside with her mom and, and didn't go back out for a few days. Fast forward a few months. I was in the living room with my mom while my sister was in the shower. We were watching Wheel of Fortune or something like that when my sister screamed bloody murder. My mom jumped up and went to go get her. She pulled her out of the bathroom, and I got curious as to why she was freaking out. So I went in to see. Above the shower, in one of the super small windows that was only a small head that could fit through, and in the window was a set of red glowing eyes staring down at me. We stared at each other uh, for what felt like minutes. I, I didn't feel fear, more just curiosity and didn't feel like I was in danger at that time. My mom rushed in and pulled me out. The eyes turned away as well. The rest of the night was quiet after that. A few days later, my brother came back from his dad's. He he and I had bunk beds, so 
I'd always uh, take the, the bottom bunk. That night was kind of gloomy. It wasn't windy, but it was drizzling a bit. Uh, later in the night, my brother and I were wakened uh, to the window being opened. It was locked before, uh, by the way. Uh, after that, we just closed it and went back to bed. It happened again and again, like three more times. Each time we locked it, but the final time was the worst. It flung open so hard that the glass shattered, and we saw the thing that pushed it open. That same hand from the tent, but I can see it, clear it now. See it clearly see it now. It had matted black fur or hair, and uh, it covered its whole arm. The skin on its palms was like light tan, and the claw was about six to five to six inches long. And on the bottom of the window, I saw its face, or what was showing. It was just the eyes glowing bright red. They looked like the embers of a roaring fire. My brother and I bolted up, grabbed my sister, and locked ourselves in the back gaming room. We stayed there for the rest of the night, and when my mom came home, we told her and packed our things. We moved out of that house in a day and took what we could, took what we could fit filling one car in a U-Haul. My stepdad's truck was full as well, and we left there never to return. To this day, my family is scared to even talk about it. But my brother and I have a few drinks, we discuss it. My uh, mom just shuts down whenever it's brought up. Now, this is Deerbrook, Wisconsin. That's in Langlade County near the um, Minimini uh, Reservation, just northwest of Green Bay. You know, actually, I've received a lot of crypto reports from that region as well. So uh, it's pretty active. Uh, so if we have any questions, like, again, if we have the questions, you want to put it up there, we'll we'll answer it. Oh, I can answer it after, after I read everything. So this next one, a Texas boy allows a black-eyed kid and three other kids to enter the trailer home and use the phone. They soon vanish. Afterwards, a series of strange incidents begins to occur in the home. Uh, this happened back in the 1980s when I was nine or ten. I was an only child at this point, and my mother was a single mom. We had taken all the money she had and bought a trailer and some land and moved to the country. We lived in a rural area in East Texas on a two-acre tract of land. Houses were sparse and situated far apart. So not heavily populated area. My mom was busy with something in her room, which was situated at the far end of the 72-foot trailer we lived in. I went into the kitchen for something and heard a knock at the door. I went to open it and found four kids standing outside, two boys and two girls. I opened the screen door and a larger of the boys asked, can we use your phone? We need to call our mom. I was immediately suspicious because where had these kids come from? I had lived there a few years and knew all the kids in the neighborhood. I remember looking at the larger boy's eyes and thinking something was different about him, but couldn't quite put my finger on it. Uh, I later realized that his eyes were almost black. I shrugged and opened the screen wider and let them in. I let the front door open as I looked uh, took, as I took them into the kitchen and uh, uh, pointed to where the phone was. Now, the larger boy picked up the phone as my mom called to me. I ran into my mom's room and she said, who's in the house? And I told her a bunch of kids wanted to use the phone. She got angry and she said, you don't let anyone in the house. Tell them to leave. I walked out of her room and back to the kitchen to tell them they had to go and found the phone off the hook. The front door was still open and the screen door closed. I ran to the door and outside to look for the kids. They were nowhere to be found. They couldn't have even had time to walk or run across the two acres to get to the streets. So where were they? After that happened, life was super weird. Mom was always getting sick and unable to find sustainable work. She became heavily paranoid and got into damaging relationships with men. The weirdest occurrence weirdest occurrences were when she didn't have the ability to pay the phone bill, so the phone company would come and disconnect the phone. However, we were still getting phone calls. I rarely even answered the phone, so when mom told me this, I was skeptical and didn't really believe her. 
Then one day she was busy outside and the phone rang. As I answered it, I heard a woman say hello. On the other end, it sounded like my amp, that it was just all static. My mom came back in and I told her what occurred. She went to the neighbors and called the phone company and asked them to check the line that her phone was ringing. They came out and inspected the line on the pole and came inside and told my mom, there's no way you're getting phone calls. The line's completely disconnected. It's cut at the pole. This happened constantly, even after mom moved the trailer to another city. In that city, we had failed to pay the bill again and the phone was disconnected, but we kept getting phone calls that ended in dead air or strange voices and static. The linesman told her the same thing, that there was no way our phone was ringing. But yet it did. Now, to this day, I don't really know uh, anything, you know, what was the cause of this. But it was it was always around this time. Uh, it was around this time that I began to experience things like words of knowledge and clear audience experiences where I would know things I had never learned. I'd hear things before they happened in physical reality. I, almost, I mostly kept those experiences to myself. And would just think it's weird. Now, when mom sold the trailer, she never had those weird telephone experiences again. And the clear audience went away. Uh, Something had happened to that trailer after those kids had come in the door. But here are a few other experiences I remember. Now, while still living in the country, I was sitting on my mom's bed next to her. She was saying, it feels like bugs are crawling all over me. I got off the bed and walked over to the dresser and for some reason felt like the need to look up. And on the ceiling, there were millions of tiny spiders. This is no exaggeration. I knew my mom would freak out, so I told her, Mom, please get up and leave the room. She looked at me with a look of concern and asked why, and I said, please, just get out of the room. She then gave me a look like I was like I was being impossible, so I told her, look up. And I had never seen her leave a room so fast, and she looked up and saw that mess. We fumigated the house directly after that several times a year. I, I'd never seen anything like that before or since. Now, after we had moved the trailer to another city, some lights would either dim or get brighter and brighter when we turned them out, turned them on, or they literally popped. When mom called the electric company, they sent an electrician out to inspect. Uh, we climbed the he climbed the pole, and, and when he came to test one of the lines, it literally popped off the pole, and he flew to the ground. He was okay, though a little shaken. The electric company's stance on the issue was that there was a miswiring on the pole. It was most likely that uh, they missed the ground. Oh, it was most likely that they missed the ground. Again, could be unrelated, but circuit breakers were never tripped during the whole episode. So... Marla mentions, uh, do the majority of BEK reports involve more than one? Yeah, it does. Um, it's usually two. Uh, but I've had I've had up to five at one point. It, but it's usually two, very rarely one. And if it is one, it's usually not a kid. It's usually an adult. Uh, have you gotten any reports of BEKs hurting anyone? Well, I had the one the last time I was on about the... Uh, the possible fire related and a person was killed. Um, There have been other reports where um, they have assaulted people. Uh, Maybe I can dig a few of those up, but there has been assault involved with some of these reports in the past. Uh, Any reports of dog man mind speaking? You know, I've talked to people who, uh, who have, heard that uh not as much as with bigfoot or you know with alien encounters as such so i i think you know this whole people talk about infrasound i, th- I think it is possible with them now is it some type of uh ability to mind speak i don't know but i have heard occasionally uh was it a new trail or used one i i really don't know nancy so the next report was with an eyewitness, and this is a new report, who camps in Huari National Forest, North Carolina, at the Yates Place campground, has had at least two Bigfoot encounters during the past few weeks. Now, I, uh, this, I was, this was, was received by me on Monday, April 18th. 
So it's been, what, almost 10 days ago. So um, <clears throat> I get this email from this, uh, well, I got this, I got a telephone call and got a, um, a text message from this person. Uh, the recent big, he states that the recent Bigfoot sighting in Montgomery County in North Carolina was at Low Water Bridge in Montgomery County in Yuhari uh, National Forest, Yates Place uh, Campground at the same time. I have a lot of information for you would like to contact. I only saw it once, but I had a lot of encounters at my tent and campsite with it. I can tell you a lot about how nature changed in the animal's behavior. I can give you a lot of information. So uh, the gentleman who I'll call SM, uh, he's a local mon- he was a local mon- man. He, he lived in the area. He's from the area, but he was currently homeless. So he was living at a tent in a tent at the location. Uh, and this is a this is a national forest. And according to him, there was a reported Bigfoot sighting near the Low Water Bridge uh, approximately two weeks ago, uh, or two weeks previous to the time he contacted me. Since that time, there have been many people in the area looking for this creature. And in fact, SM states that he has been harassed by a few of the people coming through the campground. Uh Apparently what was going on after there was a report made and a couple of these Bigfoot hunters were coming in there and creating a ruckus with some of the homeless who were in the campsite or even the people who who were actually camping there. So during the period that SM had resided at the campground, he had witnessed a male Bigfoot near his tent. He described it as six and a half foot tall, black in color, muscular, but not bulky. It occurred near his tent when well, when he was at his campfire at night. It slowly approached SM and growled. Uh, SM yelled at it, but the Bigfoot stood its ground. It did stop growling, but then continued walking away from him. Now, the witness also stated that a few nights later, after he had originally written me, he heard a sound that he thought was a child crying. He looked out the tent and witnessed the same male Bigfoot holding a small juvenile. It stopped for a second, then it continued on its way. The stream below his campsite is currently active in the early evenings. He has witnessed possibly another Bigfoot drinking or washing. There have been several dead feral hogs found scattered around the vicinity over the past weeks. Also, a dead calf was found nearby. In all cases, there was no predation, mutilation, or weapon markings. The uh, witness seemed to be a sound mind and believable. SM states that he keeps his campfire high at night and sleeps during the day. Uh, now, I, I'm continuing to monitor these incidents, and I, you know, I'm trying to get somebody on the team or if I had to go on the outside to get somebody to go to the location to check it out, maybe talk to the witness. But um, we'll see. If I get any follow-ups on it, I will I will post it. Okay. So I got another one here from a Central Florida woman who encountered a dark seven-foot-tall owl man while working her property, walking her property near a conservation area. Since then, she has been vigilantly watching out for subsequent appearances. She states, One of the accounts that I recently heard while listening to YouTube nearly caused me to crash my car. There was a story about a sighting of a large humanoid creature wearing what appeared to be a black cloak with an owl's face in the central Florida area. Uh, It was a heart-stopping moment. And now she says, I'll tell you about my encounter of a similar entity. It was, an after, it was an afternoon late May of this year, which, uh, which was 2001. I remember it was later in the afternoon, early evening, but it was slightly overcast in gray days, so uh, you, you can't tell from memory if it was dusk or early. I, I live near a nature conservation area in Central Florida. My husband and I were very fortunate to find our property, ample acreage, heavily wooded to the point where we cannot even see our neighbors or any lights from other homes, we lovingly call our our home the swamp. I was outside in our driveway, which is 
only cleared space in our land, say for a, a natural circle or clearing in our woods. I was walking back to our to our porch when for some reason I was compelled to look, turn and look at the, the tree line, which is around 80 to 100 feet away from the house. Now, I do want to note that there, uh, there was not a singular, single ounce of fear in me. In fact, I was quite calm when I made contact with it at first. It didn't register that I was what I was looking at. I knew it was an owl, which for my, for my woods is not uncommon sighting. But then it kind of shifted and I saw more of it. It was just not, it was just not an owl. It was the head of an owl on what I could only describe as the shoulders of a human. And it looked like it was wearing a dark cloak, either made of dark foliage or feathers. It was tall and from the trees around it, I guessed around seven foot in height. It just looked at me and I looked at it. I looked around and blinked and sincerely thinking it was a trick of the lighting or my mind was creating this thing where there was nothing. But no, when I looked back, it, it was still there, calm and unmoving. I was still unafraid, which is not normal for me as I could freak out pretty easily. For some reason, I felt another urge this time to nod. I nodded towards it like I was showing my acknowledgement of it. And if I've it felt natural and right to do so, then turned and went inside my house. I did not go back outside that day, but the next morning I went back outside and I stood in the same place on my porch to look at what it may have been. And there was nothing it could have even remotely uh, tried to place as it. I mean, the, the, the space where it stood was between two trees at the opening of the forest line leading back to the small clearing. There were no low-hanging branches, no large leaves, no anything that could trick myself into believing that was what I had seen. I have not seen it since. Uh, I, do, I, I did some mild searching on the Internet, but found nothing even remotely close to, uh, to what, you know, what, what had happened and what I'd seen until the day when I heard this, that story about an hour ago. Uh, does anyone know what this might have been? Has anybody else in the Central Florida area ever seen anything like this? And, and she she later added to me that there had been a couple of times when my car, when on my car there had been remnants of what I could only describe as guts, when I've been parked under a tree instead of the carport. It all it always chalked it up to a large bird or hawk or owl, which had been you know, which had been feeding on something. Uh, but it still gives me the shivers. Now, I contacted the witness in the hope of gathering more information. Um, this was in the, the area of Green Swamp Preserve in Polk County. Now, there have been unexplained wing humanoid encounters in that region previously, uh, namely gar gargoyle-like flying beings. The uh, natural owl species known to inhabit the area are not conducive to the description in the account the largest being a great horned owl. So, um, you know, honestly, we have had winged humanoid, winged being sightings, large winged being sightings in that area before. So uh, maybe this was just something the same. Uh, and that's what I told the witness. I said, I don't know exactly what it was they saw. So uh, who knows? But we do get a lot, that's, you know, we do get a lot of accounts like that. Um, I got another report here from a Wisconsin witness who describes his encounter with a bizarre creature seen digging in his mother's garden. And for several minutes, it, it stood upright. He referenced drawings of the Beast of Brave Road. <clears throat> he states, I will caution you that I know what I know sounds crazy when I tell this experience, but this is the God as my witness right hand to God truth. This account takes place a few miles north of a little town called Caroline in Shawano County in north central Wisconsin. It happened during the summer of 2002 when I was 15 years old. I lived in a small dairy farm that had about 80 acres behind the farmhouse. Butted up against our land was the neighbor's property that was mostly wooded. But there was a small pond that went through both on both our property lines. Now, of course, being 15, 
I was free to move between our property and the neighbors freely if I didn't bother the cattle or whatnot. I was usually out there with my little 22 or a Pelican just, you know, waiting for something to move. The, the weeks leading up to the story, I have vivid memories finding an unusually large number of deer and calf carcasses around the pond, maybe around five or six in a three-week period. Normally, I wouldn't think twice about it because we have lots of black bear around there, and they usually kill sick deer and can steal off a calf every now and then. Whatever the call, the case, I, I didn't raise my suspicion until about the beginning of August. Now, my bedroom was on the second floor of the house, and I had one window facing out back behind, I mean, towards our land. Now, looking out the window, the right plot was, the right plot was most straw, and the left plot was corn. The fence dividing the two fields started out at the southern corner of our house. So, simply put, uh, you can see both fields clearly from my room. Now, under my window was a small backyard that was kind of cut into the hayfield where my mom had a rather large garden. Our house was built about 1920, and I didn't have we didn't have air conditioning or anything like that. So during the summer, I uh, usually slept with my window open and a small fan running in my room. So uh, one night I was woken by a strange sound outside. It sounded like the, the rooting of a pig. At least that's how I remember it. I don't remember the exact time that this happened, but I think it was probably around 11, between 11 and 1 o'clock. Uh, as I laid in bed listening to this weird rooting sound that was not too far outside my window, I, I started to think that this was odd because my family had never dealt with hogs or neither did any of the neighbors. I honestly can't remember the time where I'd ever seen a feral hog in our area, nor have I ever heard anything like this or anybody else seeing it or hearing this. Uh, the more I thought about it, the more weird out I got. Now, my headboard was just to the right of the window to the uh, whole. And the, so the whole time I was this was happening, my face was only about two foot from the open window. But uh, I was a, just a little too high for me to simply crane my head out. I didn't turn my light on in the room because the moon was out outside my windows illuminating the field, and it was enough to see what was going on. So I sat up in the bed rather quickly and kind of haphazardly flipped my covers off me and put my feet on the floor. Now, before I could get up, however, the rooting and grunting sound stopped abruptly. I realized that whatever it is can hear me, and I remember my heart rate racing and becoming harder to breathe. I sat up in bed for what seemed like an eternity, but was probably no more than 30 seconds or so. Slowly, the rooting grunting sound started again, eventually went back to as much fervor as it had you know, when it woke me up. Convinced that this thing outside had forgotten about me, I slowly stood up. So what I saw next has literally haunted me for the past 20 years. And the memories are still as vivid as the day this happened. I remember it was uh, with utmost clarity and detail. I slowly stood up, making sure not to creak any of the floorboards as best I could. I only had to move forward a few feet to gaze upon the spectacle outside. I looked down at my mother's garden, which was about 50 to 60 foot away from the back wall of the house. And on the left side of the garden, I saw this thing. I had no idea what I was looking at, but I was sure hell wasn't a pig, bear, goat, coyote, wolf, badger, or anything like that. I, I didn't recognize what it was. I could only see the silhouette of, of it because all it was, because it had because I had was moonlight outside. What it honestly looked like for a second was Quasimodo from the Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's what I remember thinking briefly. It was rounded over hunched figure that seemed to be squatting on its back legs and digging very rapidly through the edge of my mom's garden. It would hop side to side, kind of like a monkey hopping about eight inches or so in each direction or either direction and would keep digging. It was tearing apart the edges of the garden. Now, after a few minutes, it rounded the edges of the garden and started digging the long side that runs parallel to my house. So it's, 
its back was facing me. Again, it, it was maybe 50 or 60 feet away from me and about 15 foot down from my, my window. It did the same side hopping thing it was doing the whole time, making this loud rooting running noise. Again, I can only compare it to the sound of a pig while rooting. But this thing wasn't sticking its head near the ground or anything. It was, it was at least not that's what I could notice. It was just digging like crazy. Now, this is where it gets strange to absolutely hair-raising, totally insane and terrifying. After about five minutes or so of this thing just digging around the perimeter of my mom's garden, it just stopped. It stopped the digging, and it stopped the rooting and grunting noise. And it just sat there motionless for about 15 seconds. What happens next still gives me goosebumps as I'm getting them just typing this out. It raised up on its back legs and just stood there as a human does facing our fields toward the woods. It stood there for about 10 seconds and turned and faced to the right briefly. And that's when I saw the form of this thing. It was huge. It was probably six and a half to even seven foot tall and a huge barrel chest. It turned to the right just briefly. That was enough to see how big it was from, from the side. So it turns and looks uh, to the right and then starts walking on two legs right through the garden and about 50 foot into the hayfield. It was just, I was just kind of squinting now because it was kind of disappearing into the darkness, but it dropped down back down on all four legs and started running. As I remember it ran much like a dog does. It ran diagonally to the left towards our fence line that divided the hay and the cornfields and left right, leaped right over it. The, uh, the fence was probably four and a half foot high. Uh, it was an old barbed wire fence that we, we couldn't even, you know, we didn't really even maintain. It's behind that field where the pond is and uh, between our property and the neighbors. Now, I remember laying there, laying back down the bed, and I started crying. Not like sobbing, but tears just came out, and I just stared at the ceiling. I, uh, I don't know how long it took me to fall back asleep, probably two or three hours. <clears throat> I remember waking up to my mom making breakfast, and I ran outside and looked at the garden. It was definitely tore up, and I was certainly not dreaming. I ran back inside, frantically yelling to my mom and dad what I had seen, and they didn't believe me. To, they didn't believe me to look at the garden. My mom went out there and said that it was just some animal had torn through it looking for food. I tried explaining everything that I had seen that night, and they just stared at me like I was speaking Chinese and said I was dreaming or I was mistaken. So later on, my mom filled in the holes and straightened out the garden again, so there's no visible trace of what had happened there. Uh, I never went back to that pond again because at that point, uh, I'm convinced that this thing that you know, responsible. For, this was the thing that was responsible for killing the, the deer and the cows. Uh, I never went back there five years. The five years we lived at the house. Now, when school started again, I cautiously asked, asked some of my friends that lived near the area if they had seen anything out of the ordinary, and none of them had. I tried telling a few people what I saw, but they just laughed, calling me an idiot or a loony, or and that was the end of it. Uh, the closest thing that I can compare it to is what a werewolf depicted, that, most notably the lichens from the Underworld films. That movie uh, kind of put me into paralysis the first time I saw it because it closer resembled what I saw that night. Now, long story short, after the, the first few weeks of uh, school my junior year, I just simply never talked about it again. I only told my wife about it three years ago uh, what happened in which from now has been 17 years. Um, I know she believes me, believe me that, that I saw something out there, but I think she is under the impression that I've dramatized, dramatized it quite a bit, which is not true. After I told my wife about it, she asked if I'd ever uh, looked it up online or done research for a similar sightings of Wisconsin. And I honestly haven't ever done it before. It didn't take long to find uh, what is called the Brisa Beret Road, which has been spotted in the central Wisconsin for decades. Reading, much, reading some of the firsthand accounts 
of other people only solidified that I did see what I that I did see what I saw, and that some or artistic renderings are pretty spot on to what I saw. So one of the most obvious questions I'm getting going to ask is what do the prints look like? And the truth is, I, I really don't know. When I went out that morning, it wasn't to examine prints. It was uh, to make sure that the guard was indeed ripped up and I wasn't dreaming. Another question I've gotten is why don't your parent, why didn't your parents investigate it? Well, I don't know why either, but I know I, my mom was just so convinced it was just an, an, another animal that she didn't even bother to look at it. So there are all sorts of critters there in that area, wild dogs and coyotes and, and wolves. So I imagine that any print that thing left would have resembled either of those or something similar. So uh, the other question would be, why didn't you go back with your mom and look around? The easy answer is I live in an operating dairy farm. After breakfast, it was off to the barn. My little monster fantasy was enough to keep <laughs> me from cleaning the stalls and liming the barn. So, you know, this is a pretty interesting and detailed account. Um, that underworld lichens description is pretty similar to some of the uprights that we upright canine sightings that we get here in Pennsylvania. I've had several witnesses, even Butch commented that several of the witnesses had said that to him in the past. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if some of the sightings of these things have been used to uh, mimic what is in the movie or vice versa or how whatever's going on, but uh, we have had that reference before, so it's interesting. So we have any questions? Uh, is there any animosity between Dogman and Bigfoot? Well, I have heard some accounts in the past. Um, I, I know before J.C. Johnson passed away, he was investigating a location in northern Minnesota. And he was convinced that there was a dogman and a Bigfoot population in the area, and they kind of sparred, sparred off occasionally. Uh, he didn't really have any evidence, though I did have, there was a video available at the time that seemed to suggest that there was some time activity between the dogmen and the, um, and the Bigfoot in the area. So, uh, that's the only thing I can, can reference to, but, um, I mean, I haven't really talked to anybody else who has had any confirmation of that happening, but I know in Pennsylvania, uh, from the reports we've gotten over the years, it seems that when, these upright canines, dog man, where you want to call them, and the Bigfoot, when they're traveling or when they're moving along the the mountains, uh, the the dog the dog men usually stay in the ridges, as the Bigfoot usually travel down in the valleys. Now, is is that just because it's more convenient for them, or they try to stay away from each other? I don't know. I've never been able to answer that question, but uh, it, it seems that that does occur. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they, they spore off with each other or not. So, uh, this account, this is an account that has to do with the Chicago Mothman sightings. And this was received by Manuel, who's a member of the team, uh, at UFO Clearinghouse. And, um, he received this this letter, and uh, we followed up on it and did some investigations. And I also I actually got a um, a follow up from one of the people who were there uh, who verified the police officer's report. Uh, so he states that I'm, I'm going to tell you about something that happened to me on the night of June 29th, 2017, in Chicago, Illinois. Now, I'm reporting this on my own volition, and I am wanting to say stay anonymously stay anonymous due to the fact that I work for the Chicago police department and do not want anyone else to know that I submitted this report. I have been with the Chicago police department for over eight and a half years. Now, the only people who know that I submitted this are my wife, my son who encouraged me to submit it and my partner who also was a witness to this incident. Now I want you to know that I am sound mind and health and I don't want any publicity other than just reporting this incident. 
I also want you to know that I'm not prone to fits of fantasy or hoaxing anything that I see, especially while I'm on duty. Now, on the night of June 29, 2017, at approximately 11.15 p.m., my partner and I were on routine rep- patrol and approaching the intersection of West 81st and South Roop in the Auburn Cresham neighborhood in, in Chicago. We were flagged down by a group of people who were pointing up to the top of an apartment building that was on the corner. We pulled over and they immediately started telling us to look up at the building. Now, many of the people were very frightened and were very excited about seeing what they, you know, seeing what they had seen. My partner and I look and I see a large creature that was approximately six to six and a half foot tall and very thin. If it had been a human, it would have been emaciated. This thing was uh, standing on the top of the building and had what looked like a pair of very large wings that extended out at least eight to ten feet from tip to tip. No discernible feature. It just looked like a dark black shadow with wings. My partner and I both thought it was somebody trying to jump from the building and maybe wearing a costume of some type. So uh, when we both shined our flashlights to get a better look of what we were dealing with, this thing took off into the air and flew away. And as this creature flew away, it was heading in the southern direction. Something sounding like a scream came from it. Within a matter of about five seconds, this creature was gone into the night. The people who initially flagged us down had said that many people in the neighborhood had seen this thing for the previous two nights. And this had just happened to be the only time they had seen it in a stationary place. Uh, We stood there stunned as this thing flew away and disappeared into the night. Uh, We stood there and talked to the group of people who flagged us down, taking information down and any information regarding previous sightings from the night before. We initially were doubtful about filing a report, but we thought we would be made fun of for seeing little green men. We finally filed a report as we did not want to violate protocol. Nothing was ever said about the report being filed, and as of right now, it's been business as usual. Now, we wanted to file this report because after I told my son the story, he went online and showed me that this was not the only sighting or something in, or something similar being seen in the city. I showed my partner the day of the sighting, and he said that he did not want to be involved, and as far as he was concerned, it was nothing more than a large owl or big bird that was misidentified. My son was the one who encouraged me to file this, and I did it and honestly protect my identity. Now, I know what I saw was real, and I even and even though I had no explanation as to what it truly is, I know what I saw was flesh and blood. I'm a Christian man who believes that there are things that come out from other planes and stalk the people of this earth, and that's not that's only one's faith is to protect us from these things. I know that my faith is strong, and therefore I'm protected, so I hope that I never see this thing again. Thank you very much for your time and have a blessed day. Uh, now, actually, this is a, a pretty amazing account. Uh, and, and the best part is that there's supposedly a, a police report in the system. Uh, the images of the intersection are facing towards the south and the direction the witness stated that the being flew. And all the, all the buildings in the neighborhood are two to three stories, so the witnesses have gotten a good look at this being. Now, there's a bit of a backstory to this. I did talk to a witness who contacted me two days later after I posted this online, and they had seen it, and they were searching, and they verified every bit of this account by the police. Uh, they also told me that other people in the neighborhood had seen it, were scared to come forward, so when this police officer insisted that he did file a report, so at that point, we started filing a FOIA request with the Chicago Police Department. And as you may suspect, we never got a response. Well, we did get a response. We got a response within two days, three days, which is very uncommon. It's almost like they were waiting for these, these requests to come in and to tell us right off that nothing like that was ever filed. And that's what we got. 
uh, there were three FOIA requests made, and we got the same response to all three. So um, uh, either he did not file the report, which I doubt, or they were just holding it back. We have never had any cooperation with uh, anybody associated with the city with these uh, investigations. The, the police department stays absolutely away from it. I had one witness at one point uh, at the Ohio Street Beach who had seen one of these, these winged beings who worked in the mayor's office. And she told me that, the you know, that she did not want it getting out that she worked there and worked for the mayor. But we were not going to get any information from anybody in the city, which turned out to be true. We have never had any cooperation whatsoever from anybody associated with the city of Chicago. Even the security companies that have uh, that have cameras and such at certain locations where sightings have been have not been cooperating, have never cooperated. Uh, you know, it's, it's a private company, so you just can't put a request out or try to get them to show you or tell you anything. Uh, they just haven't cooperated at all. So that's kind of where we're left at, unfortunately. And, um, you know, I, I understand what people get upset. Well, you know, all the cameras around this and that. Why don't you have some verification? Well, we have tried, quite honestly. And uh, we just not have been able to get anything. Uh, even with the sightings at the at the airport, uh, we have f- filed four year requests. I have uh, even the pilots have made um, uh, who have seen this thing have made reports with uh, with the tower and with the FAA. I filed a four year request. I think Tobias filed a four year request with the um, with the Great Lakes uh, division of the FAA and they have no idea what we're talking about. And uh, so, of course, you know, we're not getting any help there. Uh, So that's kind of where we've been at. Uh, You know, this whole investigation has been, uh, has been something we had to do on our own. And thank God we've had people who were brave enough to come forward at risk of losing their jobs. And, um, you know, that's the only way that this is getting out. So hopefully we can continue to do this. Now, I don't know if there have been any other questions. If you do have questions, put them up there and I'll try to answer them. You can talk about anything. Uh, question about anything involves uh, what I talked about. Uh, let's see. Yeah, no. Vincent's asking about if the, the thing about the uh, dog man and digging uh, remind you of the cemetery dog man digging kind of reminds me of that, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So if you have questions, put it up there. Now I am going to bring something else up. We had a report. I got a report on Tuesday of this week concerning a flying humanoid that was recorded in Tokyo, Japan. Now, I think Vince is going to put the photos up there. But uh, this occurred on April 13th, 2022 in Tokyo, where a winged humanoid was observed and recorded near the Tokyo Tower. Now, this is a landmark in Tokyo that's well known. And uh, I don't know what this thing is. You know, the, uh, the the witness who said they, they were from Poland, but they were living in Tokyo for the past 20 years, had seen this and, and uploaded the uh, the photograph on YouTube. Well, the, yeah, on YouTube. And had actually taken a video. So I have the link to the video on the, on the, on the post. But anyway, there have been some comments, which I, I really don't take too serious about people's uh, thoughts of what this thing was. Uh, But this being looked to be fairly thin, uh, maybe about three meters in height. So it's a pretty good sized being. Uh, There were no wings. It was moving through the air pretty, you know, pretty easily. Uh, and towards the end of the, towards the end of the video, it didn't kind of, uh, 
angle off and took off. Now, I don't know the full details of this anomaly. Uh, I don't know if it's some type of promotional filming stunt or actually a flying being. Uh, but I, what I did, I made it available to everybody who wanted to, you know, so they could look at it, give their own impressions. So, you know, uh, if you've got any questions about it, you can ask about it or send it to me and I'll see what I can do. So um, this is the time for folks to ask questions if they have any questions about anything I talked about. Okay, well, I want to thank you all for coming on tonight and listening to this and uh, to my reports. I am going to go through all my reports as we keep continuing to do this every other week for now. Maybe it'll be a weekly thing, but um, I'm going to try to put the most interesting, most bizarre, most unexplained stuff out there. And uh, we do have a, we do have a question. Do you think that some of these unknown canine attacks are dogmen? I, I don't know. Possibly. Uh, you know, I, I've never seen one of these things. I, you know, I, I know we, we have a gentleman who's on the team by the name of James West. He's had two encounters. They were pretty harrowing encounters, um, you know, or, or some large dog attacks, actually dogmen or something related to that. It's very possible, I suppose. Uh, but we just don't have that that information. So anyway, uh, I want to thank you all for joining me this evening and, uh, we will be doing this again. So thanks again and you take care and you have a good evening.